All right, I'm going to open in prayer, and we're going to talk about Psalm 118, okay? Father, we love you, and we thank you so much that you are with us and for us, and that your glory fills the earth like the water covers the sea, and we want your glory uncovered, Lord, and we're we just feel sometimes like jars of clay and that we just hide all your glory. We want to be um, as transparent as possible so that your glory can shine through and everyone can smell the fragrance of Christ in us. So, Lord, as we read your word, I just pray that you would minister to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, last week we talked about scheduled. And we've been talking about making disciples. We've been talking about how to teach, how to have wisdom and stuff like that. We talked last week about scheduling because scheduling can actually prevent you from ministry because we don't want to be like catching up with our life. We want to be ruling and reigning in our life. And so we talked about that last week. But this week we're going to talk about something else and we're going to be talking about you're going along in your life and you're making disciples and you're loving people and suddenly out of nowhere comes a trial or maybe you're going along in your life and there's constant trials so how do we keep our eyes on the lord while we're hurting inside or how do we keep our eyes on the lord when things are coming at us and so if I said right now, how many of you have a trial going on in your life that's been going on for more than a year? It's been going on for more than a year. Okay. Now, of those hands that are raised, most of you, I mean, as far as I can see, you guys are just continuing to minister and continuing to build into others' lives. So how do you do that? You know, how do you, how do you stay the course? Because... If, if you can understand this a little bit, God calls us to live for him and he lays out our life and what our life is like to live for him. And the devil's purpose is always to knock us off course, to knock us off course, to knock us off course, to get us to sin. Because if he, if we sin, if we're distracted and we don't walk in God's purposes, the glory of God loses, but also we lose because sin, no matter how big or little, always harms us. And, you know, that's the one thing that I don't think people realize. I think you realize it when you're pastor's wife, because, you know, I, I get all the people like 10 years later. You know, I don't, I don't get them when they're out there having fun, rebelling against God. I get them like 10 years later when their life is messed up and they've made this one choice or several choices and everything has gone haywire. So the reason I said that is because the devil's intention is to knock you off course. Um, either to keep you from doing what you should do or to get you to do what you should not do. Does that make sense? So a lot of times when stuff comes at us and we have all these warning signs, one time I keep mentioning you, Lord, I'm so sorry. But one time Laura and I were driving and she was driving and I said, do you see those railroad track lights? Stop, Laura, slow down, slow down. And I was like, 
they were really, really far away. But with my eyesight starting to go, they looked really close. And I so kept... I stopped in the middle. <laughs> she stopped Ronald in the Reagan. middle of Ronald Reagan Boulevard. And we're just sitting there. And I'm like, why are you just sitting here? The lights are really far away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they looked so close. But those warning lights, you guys know what I'm talking about, the warning lights. When you're late to the Y and then the train comes and you're like, oh, I just missed the warm up. And, you know, the lights are flashing. And so, um, but we have warnings that things are not okay. Like when you want to rip someone's head off. (laughs) That's a warning, right? That's like that light flashing. Oh, all is not okay. So instead of like, you know, going, ah, I'm so wicked, I'm so evil. Just say, okay, this is telling me something's not okay. So, Lord, show me what's not okay. What's going on that, you know, I'm feeling this way. Or when you think to yourself, you know, I just, I just have to get away from these people. How many of you, well, don't raise your hand, you know, um, but you get into a place where you're like, I have to get away from these people. I can't stand one more sight, you know, I, and, and, and that instead of just, you know, we fall into condemnation so much instead of like just being able to say, okay, what is going on inside my heart? What is going on inside my heart? And what does God need to do inside my heart so that I can do in this moment, I can have his love. I can have his heart. And and that's our purpose. And, you know, I, I, I really believe in the mercy of God and the forgiveness of God. And I take full advantage of it at all times. <laughs> you know, when I sin, I go right to the Lord and ask him to forgive me. And I move on. I don't really camp out a lot in condemnation. I don't think it's healthy. But at the other extreme, if we just keep falling into the same ditch, the same ditch, the same ditch, sometime we've got to say, Lord, show me a way around it. So I'm going to teach you some principles tonight. And I think they're going to be really, really helpful for whatever your struggle is. These are just general principles. Okay. Um, Okay. Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let Israel say. His loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let the house of Aaron say, His loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let those who fear the Lord say, His loving kindness is everlasting. Okay, so what do you notice? You know, those four groups of people, they're all the same. The house of Aaron is part of Israel. Those who fear the Lord should be Israel. He's talking to Israel. So what is he saying four times? What is what is David saying four times in this? His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. Mine says his loving kindness is everlasting. His mercy, his love, his compassion, it endures forever. So you know, it's like Paul in the book of Philippians, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. You know, I know I just said it, but I'm saying it again because I'm trying to get your attention. So God's compassionate, loving kindness 
is always there. It never disappears. And one of the things that the devil will do to us is he will blaspheme the character of God. You know, how many of you have ever had the devil say to you, God doesn't love you, or you're just not good enough, or, you know, you, you're such a failure, all those kinds of things that make you feel isolated and pushed away from the love of God. And so one of the most important things for you to know that you know that you know that you know is that you're loved by God. And even if you have to write, like you stand in front of your mirror and write where your face is every day when you brush your teeth, you write over it, this woman is loved by Jesus in lipstick. (laughs) And then every time you see that face, you go, this woman is loved by Jesus. But you've got to get to a place where you know that you know that you know that you're loved. And you're not just loved today, you're loved tomorrow, and you're loved the next day, and you're loved the next day, and you're loved the next day. And that circumstances never change the love of God that he has for you. And so that's why, you know, sometimes we need to, until it gets down in our spirit, where it's not a question mark, it's almost like we need to say over and over, God loves me, God, thank you so much for loving me. God loves me. God is kind. God is merciful. God is compassionate. Okay? So, um, it would, if, if he lived in modern times, he would have written it with 50,000 exclamation points after it, right? And bolded it. So, we really get it in our spirit. And then he goes right on to say, after talking about the love of God, he says, from my distress, I called upon the Lord. Now, there's two things here. Number one, just because God is loving, kind, and compassionate does not mean we will not have distress. And I think that's a big lie that we get from people. In fact, I know so many people who think it's loving to never address anything negative with someone. You know, like, because I love you, Martha Rose, I'm never going to tell you anything negative. I'm never going to help you grow. I mean, that's not true. How is that loving? You know, if I love someone, you know, I'm going to address things. If people love me, they're going to address things with me so I can grow. So, you know, loving someone doesn't mean there's nothing that we'll ever experience that's negative or pain, painful because that's number one, we live in a fallen world. But two, sometimes that distress comes straight from God who's tweaking us. I like the word tweak better than fix. But um, so first of all, he says, from my distress, I called upon the Lord. And the second thing to notice is that he called upon the Lord. That was his first thing that he did. He didn't get on the phone and call his friend. He didn't, you know, have a pity party. He immediately called upon the Lord. That was step one. It doesn't mean after that he didn't ask for prayer. It doesn't mean after that he didn't talk to a trusted friend. But it means he called upon the Lord. I'm in distress There's only one person who is powerful enough to say, mountain, be cast into the sea. 
Oh. Hi, sweetie. And so, from my distress, I called upon the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. What do you guys have in the NIV? What? What do you have in King James? What? And set me free. Okay, so set me in a large place or set me free. One thing's that when the shackles are gone, suddenly everything is big, isn't it? Because when you have shackles, you're confined to small places. But when you're set free, you're in a large place because there's freedom. So um, if from my distress, I called upon the Lord. The Lord answered me and sent me in a large place. Verse 6. The Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I will look with satisfaction on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I will surely cut them off. Now, he's not saying I have cut them off. He's saying I surely will cut them off. So I just want to go back a little. The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I will look with satisfaction on those who hate me. I don't, I don't have very, I don't, I don't think there, and I think I can honestly say this. I don't recall a time in my life that I have ever hated anyone, but I have had the joy of people hating me. And that is so interesting, you know? And I thought, but it says, I will look with satisfaction on those who hate me. And what does the NIV say in there? I will look in triumph on my enemies. Okay, I will look in triumph on my enemies. So it's it's not like, I, I just, I don't want you to, to, I don't think God wants us to be like, what gloating or because he says don't do it don't rejoice when your enemy falls but he's just basically saying that it's almost like you know like jesus on the cross will forgive them because they know not what they do you know i i i refuse jesus refused to have offense with other people and that's our call is to refuse to have offense with other people and that's hard and sometimes it takes a lot of crying out to God in our distress until we get to that place. Now, that doesn't mean you entrust yourself to people who have a gun at your head. Oh, go ahead and shoot me. You know, yeah, you get away from the gun, but it means in your heart you deal with that and you love people. Um, and it's better to take refuge in the Lord than trust in man or trust in princes, princes. So it's like, okay, it's better to trust in the Lord than to trust in, you know, your friends. It's better to trust in the Lord than to trust in people with lots of power and money and position. Because God is bigger than all of them. And he breathes and they fall down. That is not a big deal for him. He is powerful. Um, and so 
Then we go to verse 10. So he's saying all this stuff about the Lord. And then he's saying, all nations surrounded me in the name of the Lord. I will surely cut them off. They surrounded me. Yes, they surrounded me in the name of the Lord. I will surely cut them up, cut them off, not cut them up. (laughs) They surrounded me like bees. (laughs) They were extinguished as fire of thorns. In the name of the Lord, I will surely cut them off. How many of you have ever been stung by one bee? Oh, okay. How many of you have ever been surrounded by swarms of stinging bees? I mean, that is... You have? Oh, that's so awful. Oh, my goodness. So... You pushed me violently so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. Now, he's not saying the Lord pushed him violently. He's saying that his enemies pushed him violently so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. The Lord is our strength and song. So, and I want to talk about that verse in a minute because God already is our salvation, but he is our present salvation. He rescues us from situations. He rescues us from our flesh. He rescues us from our fears. He rescues us. He is ongoing our salvation, our rescuer. That's why we cry, Hosanna, save me, save me, save me. We're always in situations where we need God to rescue us. We're always in situations where we need God to come through because if God doesn't come through, how many of you have felt if God doesn't come through in this situation, I'm shot. I'm shot. Yet. And, and, and that is reality. And it is awful. Like, does anyone love those situations? No, of course we don't. Why? Because we're so afraid. We're so afraid of what, what if God doesn't come through? What will happen? But, and then that's why we need to say over and over, the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. His mercy endures forever. And it needs to become the cry of our heart. The Lord is my strength and my song. There is nothing. Now, now the, I'm going to put on my worship leader's hat, but this is just who I've always been. There is nothing more powerful than a song that you sing. And sometimes when my heart in the past has been breaking, I would sit on the piano and play chords and just sing my heartache to the Lord. Lord, I am hurting. My heart is breaking. Are you going to come through? How long am I going to wait for you? And it's to the Lord. And, you know, and there's something, why do we sing? It says that when God created the earth, and the heavens that the morning stars sang together. So singing has been forever. But there's an emotion in your song that is not in your words. There's an emotion in your song. And you don't have to have a good voice because I don't think God cares. We care, right? You know, But God doesn't care. He's listening to the song that is emanating from our heart. But there's emotion that is released when you sing positive and negative when you pour your heart out to the lord in a song when you pour your heart out to the lord in praise 
when you pour your heart out to the Lord and declare what is going to happen, that's powerful. And when you sing it, and some of you are, are, you know, you don't have to sing like Rose to sing a song to the Lord. You can sing like anyone and sing a song to the Lord, but it will change your heart when you sing. It will change your heart when you're singing. It will change your heart when you're crying out. It will change your heart when you're declaring. And sometimes you can look up promises of God and you can sing them. I remember one time I was praying with someone and um, they, they, um, we were just sitting there and the Lord said, sing over her. This has to be Satan. I know God would not make me feel embarrassed, you know. And um, I'm in my 20s, you know, I'm really young. And now I'd be like, oh, sure, I'm going to sing over you. <laughs> I, mean, I would even rap over someone, even though that would be pretty awful. But um, so, you know, <laughs> so I'm like looking at her. So I keep trying to pray. And she's like, finally she says, Mary, is God speaking to you? Oh, <laughs> you know, so I said, yes, he wants me to sing over you, thinking she was going to say, oh, that's really stupid. But she said, no, sing over me. So I was like, oh. so I sang <laughs> over her. I didn't know what I was singing, but I began to prophesy over her. And um, years later, she went through a really hard time. And, um, she actually like walked away from the, for, from the Lord for a season. And, um, I went and I visited her when she was still in that season. I was calling her out and she ended up coming out of that season. But I've often wondered, like when I sang that song over her and prophesied over her, was that the Holy Spirit? declaring something in the heavenly realms over her that would like seal her I know that sounds you know like but I just I don't know there was something powerful in that moment and I remember finding out she wasn't walking with the Lord and she was doing things and I was like oh my goodness and um but now she's walking with the Lord and she's ministering and so the devil you know he tricked her for a season but not forever. And, um, and so, so I, I just say that because that was one of the most powerful prophetic words. I prophesied over people quite a lot, you know, um, but that was just very powerful, very embarrassing, you know, for me, it was really kind of embarrassing, but it felt powerful in the spirit realm. And, um, I, I, I was kind of stunned. You know, sometimes when you're prophesying over people and you're thinking, oh, that's very interesting, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, but, and it was kind of like that, like, oh, that's very interesting. That's very fascinating. Wow. You know, and, um, so anyway, um, so the Lord is my strength and my song and, um, the Lord, I believe, isn't our funeral dirge. And he, and he isn't our blues. I believe that he is our, our march and, and he is our, our joyful song. 
and he is that hopeful song about all the bright tomorrows and all the things that God has ahead. And, um, you know, I remember, I think it was it you, Mary, we used to always quote Psalm 37, and I'm confident of this, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And, um, and so let the Lord be your song, let him give you a song. And, you know, the majority of the songs that I've ever sung to the Lord, no one will ever hear but him. You know, no one would ever want to hear but him. But for him, you know, they're very precious, I believe. I believe that. And if you flip that, the Bible tells us that God sings over us. And sometimes when we're in distress, and it might be a moment of distress, or it might be an ongoing feeling of distress, we need to stop and say, right now, God is singing over He's singing over me because I matter to him. And he has not forgotten me. Sometimes, you know, I look at God and I think, he's so different from me. Because I like, someone tells me there's a problem. I'm like, okay, let's fix it. You know, my sound guys say there's a problem. I'm like, order it right now. (laughs) Throw away the old one, order the new one. Let's move on. Go, go, go. And I hate when anything is delayed. I hate it. Don't dawdle. I used to tell my kids, don't dawdle. We're on a mission. We're going, we're going, we're going. And so there's God, you know, so one time I'm reading the book of Exodus and starting out, it's like the people of God, they're crying out to God in their slavery. Next paragraph. <laughs> so this baby boy is born. So, okay, <laughs> this means 80 more years that they're going to be in distress. Did you ever think of that? And God heard their cry, so he sent a baby that would live to be 80 before he delivered them. Did you ever think about that? And think, this is our God. But see, this is what I have come to know about the character of God. God is good, and his love endures forever. It doesn't stop. And we look at things. I know, Mary, you've gone through so much. We look at things and we think, this doesn't make any sense. But God is good and his love endures forever. And he always does come through. He always does come through. And I remember one time, you know, um, Stephen was really doing bad and, um, I remember I had just worked out. I was sitting in front of the Y and I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to call Mary. I called Mary and we're on the phone. And while we were on the phone, I felt like the Lord said, Stephen will not die. He will live. But you have to fight. And I I remember fighting for him hard, like waking up in the middle of the night and, and praying, crying out and declaring Stephen will not die but live and declare the praises of God. Stephen will not die but live and declare the praises of God. And just over and over and over, I'd be driving my car. Stephen will not die but live and declare the praises of God. And in, it, it, it was that God saying, this is going to be okay. I am going to heal. I'm going to come through. This is not going to end in death. This is not going to end in destruction. This is going to end in healing. This is going to end in life. This is going to end in prosperity. But you have to cry out to me. 
why is that? It builds our faith. Why else? It builds our trust in him, but I think there's something deeper. Okay, Nikki, Lana, um, Shine, and then Lisa. Okay. I think there's still more. Yes. Okay, good. And all of those things are good. I want to share something with you, and I want you to try to grasp it, because I think it will mean a lot to you. When people are hurting, when they're in distress, when they're needing God to come through, they press in. They really press in. Like, they come to prayer, they go to the altar, they, they're connecting because they have to connect because they are desperate. And it, like, it draws us into a closer intimacy with God. But this is what we can lose sight of. See, when we're in that situation, in our mind, that situation is so magnified. It consumes how we view ourself and our life and our circumstances. But in God's eyes, it's not magnified. It's just a part of who we are, and it's just a part of our life. And so he allows those things so that we are pressing in and coming close to him because it's just not about that situation. It's about everything. He's relating with us, communing with us, and we're communing with him. And our life is so much bigger than that problem. It's, and, and he uses it in so many ways, our testimonies. You know what I mean? Like even today, my aunt Mimi, we're right in the middle of this care planning meeting with the social worker and the nurse, the head nurse and all these different people. And she says, 
Mary, she's forgetting all these things. Mary, whatever happened to your leg? And I'm like, Mimi, it was my accident. So then that opened up an opportunity to very quickly share that testimony. And that's how God saved me. You know, so I love my scar because it always reminds me that God saved me. But the reason I say that is because we lose sight of the big picture. But God doesn't. And I don't feel like we should feel condemned when we're desperate and crying out. Sometimes that's all we can see. But it's not all God can see. And God is using it for the bigger purpose. And I believe God is very, very relational. And there is a delight. I mean, sometimes, sometimes when I'm leading worship and I see people come up to the altar, I just feel the heart of God. You know, like they're here. Like there's just such a love and a heart that God has for us. And when we come to him, He's so delighted with that. And um, for whatever purpose. And he loves to answer our prayer. You know, but I, I just, I think when we understand the heart of God, it changes how we live in the midst of good and in the midst of bad. So, I mean, there's so many good things that, God can do from our bad circumstances but the focus I felt like he wanted me to fix it aid on tonight was that relational aspect of us and the Lord and that he is after us being close to him yes go ahead Amen. That's true. Okay, I'm going to finish up and then we're going to divide it. Okay. Okay. Um, 
The sound of joyful shouting and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Again, he's repeating himself. I will not die but live and tell of the works of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I shall enter through them. I shall give thanks to the Lord. Um, and he goes on and on about giving thanks. I will extol you. And basically, because you have come through. And, and this is when he, he they were after his life, but he, he was not killed. God allowed them to come after his life, but he was not killed. He lived. He did not die. God is the God of miracles. God answers prayers. God heals. God comes through. God is absolutely faithful, and we can put our trust in him. And and I think, you know, and and sometimes we can camp out while we're while we're drawing closer to God. We need to have faith that he is the God of miracles. We need to have faith. And I've told you the story about, you know, when I first started, um, when when Mike and I were first engaged, we would meet and pray with Ginny and Chuck. And we'd pray for Rob, his brother Rob, to get saved. And when Rob finally got saved years later, we didn't believe it because we had kind of given up. And But God did not forget our prayers, and he came through. And I mean, so don't give up, keep praying, trust in God. He is good. He is faithful and he does come through. He does come through. And I have so many testimonies in my life of God healing me, of God coming through, of God doing financial miracles. And, you know, it is, it's exhausting when you're going through it, but later you have a testimony of what God did. So I just I, I just want to remind us in the midst, draw close, cry out, and remember to expect the miracle to happen. Amen. Amen. So whether it's being set free from a stronghold, whether it's healing, whether it's financial provision, whether it's healed relationships, no matter what it is, trust God. Amen. Amen. So how many of you have a situation that you can apply this in? <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> All right. So, um, 